James joins us from DC to talk the Newcastle takeover and Steve Bruce's future with the club, even though the morning after this recording, his tenure ended with Newcastle. Either way, we'll talk the future of Newcastle United, the rest of the league's reaction to new sponsorship that the Saudi group looks to bring in, and potential players that will, at the very least, keep them from being relegated this season. We're down here in the Rat Tail Bunker and Barbershop Studio, and this is the Boys and Bolos Podcast. Welcome back to the Boys and Bolos Podcast. We're down here in the barbershop, as that's confirmed, 100%. Nice intro, guy. Thank you. Well, we've got... <laughs> We've got Jarrett here, of course, as always. Here I am. Here, I'm looking right at you. Yep. In the flesh. And uh, James Howes is back. I like how he uses full name. Well, I mean, people need to know. I mean... Full name. Full name. James, James, welcome. James, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. I. Uh, so, I'm a Newcastle fan, and so the last <laughs> week has been a little bit, or two weeks, I suppose, has been a little bit... Uh, busy so i thought i reached out Shara. i was like I, uh, if you need anybody to talk about this i might have some things to say <laughs> yeah we thank you for that because <laughs> as a spurs fan and a chelsea fan we're more london centric and i'm sure that that's probably not cool but i think we we tend to gravitate to what's going on in london and like the fact that arsenal had they had lost this past week, would have been the worst team in London in the Prem. But anyway, neither here nor there. It was super cool that you reached out because this is something that is going to continue to develop and probably change the dynamic in which the Premier League moves forward. I mean, I can see a future where... Well, actually, James, do you think it's unreasonable as we look down five years that Newcastle is trying for a Champions League spot or even next year? Like, when do you... How quickly do you think this snowball goes downhill? Well, so it's going to take a long, it's going to take five. Firstly, and we'll come to it in a second, it depends on how much the other teams really let things happen, which is just coming out today. And then also, there's so much that needs to be done that it's going to take, like, so our current esteemed owner, Mike Ashley, who was there for 13 or so years, and he, just over 13, and he, uh, really just didn't invest particularly anything. So his main concern was just trying to keep us in the on the gravy train of being in the Premier League as a money thing. Newcastle has a very, very strong fan base because it's a one one team city, big ground. He could make enough money to cover the costs and then didn't care about investing. So behind the scenes things have been slipping for a long long time not just the playing staff but also like our uh, tra- our training ground is absolutely terrible like it i it's it's awful so you you know like things like that need to be updated if you're going to really ch- challenge for a, a anywhere near the title and our youth development sucks so all of these different pieces go into it like though we may have money you can't just buy buy a team that quick. That's gonna so it's gonna be a you know five to ten year project. But Saudi Arabia didn't get involved in this to not be successful, right? This whole thing is about improving their image, and they don't improve their image if the team sucks. So my thing is is I was kind of echoing that when I t- first talked about it. I I don't think it's a I don't think it's like a a next year, two years type of, it's like a five to 10 year thing. Cause it's also like, you want, you want to be able to attract players. And so you want to be able to bring people into, into Newcastle over time and, and, and 
as a place to live and a place to uh, spend time, you know? And so there's got to be like actually infrastructure investment in the, in the city, in the, sta- in the stadium, in the place that people are going to be going. I think there's a lot more to it than just, you know, buying five, six, seven players and suddenly they're in the Champions League. Uh, I think that this season they need to focus on their squad. The squad is, is I mean, after watching the center backs play this past Sunday, you can tell that they need one or two players this off season. I mean, this uh, January transfer window to keep them in the prem. That's conservative. That's conservative. I mean, we need. Yeah, I mean, that's but like to stay up in the prem. I mean, to not have to worry about relegation this season, right? And so that's the last thing I think this uh, this ownership team, this ownership group wants is like you know to deal with the championship. So, you know, stay in the prem. Start building something. Get some young players in, some fringe players in, you know, to build something. What do you think? Yeah, so we've asked long-term, and I think totally it's a project that's the long con, right? It's like in 10 years, how do we turn this into a competitive club, probably on the European stage? I think it will take maybe less than that. City, it took a little bit less than that to somehow, you know, find your way into the top four and then get competitive from the year that they were bought out. Chelsea were bought in 2003, and shortly thereafter started winning the Premier League and then also were in knockout rounds of the Champions League. I think it will take longer now that there's just so much more money in the Premier League. There's five or six or seven clubs that just have a lot of money behind them. But focusing, you know, we've talked about the long con, but let's go back to where Jeff was and keeping up in the Premier League. If you are running the club, James, which maybe you are, I don't know, what what are you doing in the January transfer window to ensure, as Jeff said, that the club stays up? Because it would be very, very bad if Newcastle were to be relegated. And I will say I picked Newcastle to be relegated this year, which I yeah, which I don't think is a bad thing to have said, looking at the squad that they currently have, if there's not an injection of capital and, you know, a new energy. So going to January, two questions, right? Like, what are the players you want to bring in? And what are the players also like the players that you think you can bring in? Ideally, they're the same player. And then what are you doing with Steve Bruce? The guy just had his thousandth game. He's been around English football for 46, 47 years, almost half a century. Is he the guy to keep you up? Or are you already going to go get some like sexy other European manager? Or Frank Lampard. And or uh, Frank the Tank. (laughs) So like it's so that so this is one of the things that's immediately happened, right? Every agent in the world is talking to the press, like talking up their guy as being, you know, like Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney, Paolo Fonseca, uh, like the amount of people who've been linked to a job which isn't even open yet uh, uh, is insane. Bruce needs to go. He's, uh, he's, he's had a long record, but the players aren't playing for him. He was a defender. He was paid for Man United, won the league. He was a great defender. And yet our defence on Saturday, like you were saying, okay, those players aren't the best players, but basic things like the the Kane goal where it looked like he was offside. You you can't even just be in like you're not organized in a line. The amount of times players were like in just situations they shouldn't have been because there was just so much space between the midfield and the defense. The organization isn't there. So either they're not being organized or they're not listening to the manager. Those are the, the manager I will go. It's but it's how long they let that go for. And it depends on like going back to like the, the city thing, C built a structure 
eventually like initially they tried to buy big names and then they started realizing you got to build a structure and i don't really it's how desperate does it does it is it right now like is it bad enough where you bring in a, a manager just knowing that that guy's just there to survive keep you up or you try and bring in a director of football who's got a longer term vision on it and then the ma manager's got to go under that right because that's got to be your focus right I don't know which they're going to do. If I were them, I think that realistically this year is just about surviving. And I would, uh, we got a tough run of games the next like five games. Palace look good. That's our next game. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen much of Palace this year, but like they've actually been playing some really nice uh, football. So I don't, and then several of the uh, bigger boys have played, we got to play. So like you can't get to January where you're so far behind that you can't possibly make catch up. So that's why I feel like they got to try and get rid of him. There is an international break coming up, so there is an opportunity for a new manager to have some time on the training field because we don't have a lot of um, international. We've got to get, realistically, at least one defender in, in the January window. Somebody in the midfield who can provide some other threat and join things up. Because our plan right now is give the ball to some max man and he and hope he does something. And he's... Great, I love some Max Man, but it's pretty easy to defend if all you got to do is close out one player. And then, like, Wilson is a great striker, but he doesn't make things happen on his own. He's one of those players who's there to pick things up in the box. So, and our biggest problem is between the couple of attacking threats we have, we have ball-winning players like Hayden um, and Longstaff, but they don't have any creative midfielders. They, who's available in the, I don't know Chelsea aren't really going to need Barkley all the time like somebody like that would be a good idea for like somebody in the you know like right like for you guys it's like an offshoot but like somebody like that who's could provide some link between like the, the defense and the going forward we just need some somebody in the midfield at least a couple of defenders and then and then another threat to take off the load off uh, uh, some maximum yeah Van der Beek mm -hmm. Van der Beek exactly well we've been talking on the pod that this is exactly what Newcastle should do. They just go around and they find players that aren't getting run, but maybe that should be getting run. You get Van de Beek, you get Martial, you get Barkley. You basically go to the top clubs and you just get them on loan. Just get them to the summer. Because I think that that's just got to be the play. Stay up, survive. And then this summer is a really unique summer because there's no Copa America. There's no Euro Cup. There's no Gold Cup. There's no Nations League. None of that shit. It was supposed to be the World Cup, but FIFA and the geniuses that they are decided to put that in the middle of next winter. So all clubs are going to have like a really like low hiatus. I know that Argentina is playing Italy and whatever that thing's going to be called, the handgesturecup.com. But there's going to be a great time for clubs this summer to kind of slow down, get some time off, like get their big players actual time off, which I just don't think they've had in probably since the restart maybe. Focusing, though, on the manager, who do you think – I agree with you. I think they need to stop the bleeding tomorrow or even yesterday because you don't want to get to January where you're already so much in a divot. And Crystal Palace is playing well. I don't understand it, but they're playing well. So who are you bringing in as manager if you had to choose? Is it is it Rooney? Is it Lampard? Is it Fonseca? Or who's your who's – your, who's the hat? Who's the rabbit in the hat? Well, I mean, like the people who I've not been impressed particularly like with a lot of the names at length. Rooney just doesn't, I mean, he's, what's he done really? Nothing at, at, at Derby. Lampard, what did he do really? Not that much at Derby. And then like, other than names, I don't really get, there was talk of Steven Gerrard. I don't think he'd leave 
leave Rangers, but he's doing a good job at Rangers. I think he strikes me as a cub figure who could actually do something. I think it needs to be somebody who has more proven record than a couple of those guys that they're on about. Like, I don't like know how much truth there's in this, but like Lucien Favre has been linked. I think that would be wouldn't be a bad guy to get in. Ralph Rangnick has been linked as like a lot of success in Germany and has really built some great teams. So I think like those type of guys, I'd be m- much more interested in if they could be persuaded. But like, I don't know how much that's like just paper talk of just like there's money. There's a name that's not employed, you know, like because I don't know whether you really want to be a part of this project right now or whether if you're one of those guys, you wait and see how it develops. Right. Uh, yeah. What about. Roberto Martinez is he still the Belgian coach yeah, and I absolutely. asked that because okay he's still the Belgian coach because he's now had multiple disappointing tournaments where they just have not figured it out he had the World Cup where they finished fourth he had the Euro Cup where they were super promising and they didn't the Nations League where they just dropped the ball and then hearing all the quotes of Kevin you know KDB coming out being like well at the end of the day we're basically just Belgium like we can't do it we can't get across the line so I wonder at what point he transitions out of that and just leaves because I think Newcastle could be a really it gets him back in the Premier League a place where he's done okay and I think it would be a potentially a really good project for him Jeff what do you is there a any coach that like stands out to you other than Frank the Tank? No, I think Steven Gerrard is the best choice right now. A uh, guy who's familiar with the Premier League, had good success with Rangers. I mean, it's a one-club league, but still, Rangers, is the, he's been really successful there. It would be some positive press for, for Newcastle. I think like getting a British guy uh, into well, – he's, he's not British, is he? Is he British? Yeah, he's British. Yeah, the British guy into the, into the team, you know, kind of like a – I don't know, not kind of cult, not cult hero. He's just like he's, he's a cult just, hero, just not Newcastle's cult not, hero. Not <laughs> Newcastle's cult hero, but be some good press rather than bringing in a, a another foreigner to a, to a club who is now uh, uh, you know dealing with uh, foreign ownership. My big thing with this team isn't necessarily. I don't think nec- I don't they'll get relegated in my mind. It's not really something that probably won't happen because there's worse teams. Because I think they'll make a few moves in January. That's my opinion but my concern is like how, how do they move forward with the rest of the premier league clubs being angry that the, this like ownership thing happened right how do they how do they get new sponsorship how do they get new you know investment in the team how do they sign players and uh from other teams in the premier league and how do they make facilitate this given that they're owned by this this saudi group right with questionable you know, ethics and morals and, and, you know, human rights records. And so how, how do they rec- how do they reconcile that uh, moving forward? What's the, James, can you break that down? I think it's a really good point. How the other 18 clubs, because I say 18 because today, you know, PO clubs voted to block potential Newcastle United sponsorship. And they also put in the same thing for Man City. So Man City and Newcastle were kind of ostracized a little bit, kind of created like made pariahs of them, I guess you could say. So moving forward, thinking about like Newcastle's position, like I'm just trying, I want to understand how does Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, their prince and Newcastle all now play a role? Because like, what's the relationship there? Because it feels weird geopolitically for a nation state like Saudi Arabia to own an English Premier League club. Now, what I've heard, and maybe please clarify this for me, but what I've heard is that they basically signed things that say 
we as Saudi Arabia do not own the club. It is owned through this management company or something like that. But in a state where everything is owned by the government, it's kind of like uh, it's putting lipstick on a pig for me, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that was – they said that was the issue and they said that it was the end of the clarification of that issue that that caused this to go through. I don't really buy that. It was was because the Saudis had been infringing on being – uh, sports copyright by allowing a group to to pirate at, and in Saudi Arabia, being sports is a Premier League rights holder. Premier League sets like wasn't going to countenance something until that ended. Really, like so that was as much of the issue. So it was like that that whole thing. They they said they're going to stop blocking, uh, the, allowing this pirating. They allowed being sports in Saudi Arabia on the Thursday. Oh. Was it the Wednesday? Whichever it was a day, and then the next day the deal is announced. So, like, and then they also said, Oh, and by the way, it's not really the Saudi government. <laughs> but I feel like it both we know who these people are who uh, who I mean MBS isn't the type of guy who's like a chilled out, relaxed guy who's just gonna say, Oh, yeah, that's I'm not gonna I it's not the way things go. And that's part of the reason why you know it makes as a fan you're uneasy because it's uh, i've gone through different feelings i I know a lot of people are just really really happy because they think it's going to bring success at what price there's all those like then you get all down that route right which we could talk about forever like and as a fan i'm still not entirely sure how i feel about it people are just happy that mike ashley is gone right yeah and that's they're celebrating that right now and they'll deal with the human Mm. rights stuff when we have to deal with the human rights stuff, right? So from from my from like my, the you know U.S. perspective, and you know we're no like perfect <laughs> country when it comes to any of that stuff. So I'm not gonna like try to say that we're better or worse or anything like that. But there are definitely it sounds like the 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 vast majority of diehard Newcastle fans are happy that the Mike Ashley era is over. They're happy with that. That's like the big thing. They're like, well, we're finally moving on. That's why they packed the stadium. That's why they're like, there's a there's a really small subset who are horrified by it. And those are the ones that, you know, are sh- protesting with the signs. And they got that that yeah. truck with the... Uh, with Khashoggi. The, Khashoggi the, on the it and that. And then there's people, I think maybe you fall in this category, who are like iffy on it. They don't know yeah. what to make of it. They're like kind of like, well, let's wait and see what actually happens. Because it's, it's not over, right? So like today, this thing happened with the blocking of of the of the um, sponsorship, of the sponsorship, and and it really does question how much club has needs to move forward, right? This club needs to move forward with new owners. They can't block them forever from getting sponsorship, you know. So there has to be some kind of reconciliation between I don't know something has to happen where they're allowed to move forward in some capacity. Uh, I don't know what that means. I I I think really what we want to see as fans is for financial fair play to actually be enforced and not yeah. let clubs like city get away with it. Because we, I think a lot of the outside fans, like people, people who aren't city fans and maybe aren't Newcastle fans who see what happened with city when they financial, when they get like penalized is they just buy their way out of it. We don't really believe that there's going to be any financial fair play. We don't believe that we always think that the numbers is going to get cooked and they're just going to be able to buy their way out of anything. So that's why I think like for us, we're, and I think the other clubs are like, well, it's we we want to like stop them in their tracks, stop them before anything even starts. You know, the difficulty is, is that like I don't see legally how they 
get out of the fact that they're, they're, they've already shot themselves in the armor of the whole of this. A bit like this, the complaints about human rights, it's like, like it's a slip free slope. Like, so you go from like Chelsea being brought by Abramovich, who has links to Putin, who has, you know, questionable record, but it's a guy, oh, it's a, yes. And then, and then you get Abu Dhabi, C, and oh, well, you know, and it's just all like along the road, right? At what point do you stop things? Well, there's the, on the human rights front, that's one part of it. And then there's also on this sponsorship deal thing, Okay, so you can't, like, firstly, this has been going on for, like, years, right? The, uh, this goes back, like, even when clubs were owned by local businessmen, the local businessmen would cook the books in a way, like, when you could own a, 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 a company, a, 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 like, you didn't have to be a sovereign wealth fund to own a Premier League company. When it was, like, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, when you could just be a very rich individual in England and buy a team they still would do certain deals like this to try and like so conceal money going into the club. Right. And you look in the Premier League, like, like Man City's deal is, is, is not going to go with this. Right. It's because they know that they they would fall foul of the same problem. Right. And, but even like somebody like Leicester, Leicester, what's the name of their, their stadium is the King Power Stadium. Why? Because they're owned by Thai company that, that makes King Power bit. Right. It's, it's so like, at what point is it okay for like like all these companies uh, sorry all these clubs are gonna I think right I agree with you that like in a perfect world it would be more of an even basis and there wouldn't be all these ways around financial fair play whether it's PSG or Man City or Newcastle but the clubs have gotten themselves in a difficult position because so many of them I don't know how this legally will stand up if it's like in terms of competitiveness and so when several of the clubs have already done similar types of deals, you know, I, I don't know, it's going to be a really, yeah, for me, for me, you're exactly right. They've already, they've already let all, they've already allowed all this other, this, this to happen with other clubs. They can't just send and say, Oh, we're going to pump the brakes. Now we, we got a financial fair play. No, no sponsorship for you guys. It's like, well, you've already, yeah, you've already gone down that path. You've already, you've already made a deal with the devil. You've already, You've already opened Pandora's box. Yeah. And it's like, what is somebody once said this about this is why you shouldn't gossip because it's like once you squeeze the toothpaste out of the container, can't put it back in. You can't put it back in. And so the cat's out of the hat. Whatever analogy we want to use, Chelsea really kind of like laid the groundwork for how to do this. Right. You have this rich billionaire, which you're totally right. He made his money in oil. And because he's Russian, everything is tied to the state. Right. He knows Putin. Obviously, he's in the billionaire. So, like, we already had people hanging out with bad actors on the world stage who were known bad actors who made their money vis-a-vis fossil fuels in a petro state, essentially. And so I think at the end of the day, money talks. And I think this summer, by the time you get to the summer, that sponsorship deal is totally going to go through because the other clubs are going to be like, it's actually better that more money comes into the league. It makes it more competitive. Like It's like a rising tide lifts all boats. So I have no problem with it. And as a Chelsea fan, I'm going to be mum on this because I'm like, how do you think we have two Champions League? We have two UEFA Cups. We're going to be in the World Club Cup. We've won the Premier League like five or six times since the takeover. So I, I think it's really disingenuous for anyone else in the league to probably be against this on many ways because every single club has some person who's rich most likely a foreigner who's made money probably if you were to pull back all the like the layers of the onion in not the most cool ways 
But that's just kind of like really why I think the Premier League is so fascinating because it's the amalgamation of like geopolitics and world economics wrapped in one. Yeah, and it's like, and, and, and I don't want to like downplay, like I feel like some people think it's like, what about you when you bring up these questions? Like, are you just trying to, just, uh, I'm not in any way ever going to sit here and be one of these fans that I have seen online on Twitter and things where they all of a sudden have a Saudi flag next to their icon, you know, like, uh, uh, which, you know, there, there are fans that have done that, you know, there, there are people who are buying this whole thing. I'm not trying to like downplay anything that the Saudi government has done. I'm just saying that, like, it's so, like, even like a couple of Brentford, you think like, oh, it's a really nice, happy, you know, like story, like amazing that how they're outperforming what they're doing. But do they make the guy made his money from betting, you know, like it, which is which is not a cool thing. It, so many people's lives get destroyed, especially in England right now. Betting and uh, it's it, it all of these um, these questions that come up with it, and I feel like. It, it also just shows up the hypocrisy because I don't think that most fans of any team are really buying any of this as being anything other than teams trying to cling on to their position, especially when four of the teams that are, are, are doing this, whatever it was, what, six months ago, were willing to show, sell the whole rest of the league down the river in order to be part of the Super League. So, like, all of a sudden, Spurs and uh, Arsenal, oh, we don't want, you know, this is not a level playing play feel but you were quite happy to go and be a part of this other you know like they're all yeah <laughs> you know it's it, you're totally right as soccer fans as Premier League fans football fans we have elephants long memories for what everyone else has done that's fucked up but when we talk about what we've done we're, we're goldfish and we just forget about it and so okay we've talked about the coach is there a player that you would that you think in January could realistically come in to turn the ship i think you probably need a center back maybe there's a center back on one of the top teams that's not getting enough play like i think van de beek in the holding would be great or just even in the attacking he could be that link that you're talking about because Callum wilson's great you put the ball in the box you know four times he's going to get onto it twice probably on net and one of them is going to go in i mean when the game started and he scored in the first two minutes yeah. jeff and i were texting we weren't together to see that game but uh, that was impressive, and it was honestly cool to see Newcastle rocking, to see St. James rocking, because yeah. for a while it had been a not, little ominous. <laughs> yeah, it's not been that. Uh, it's not been that place, right? I mean, I think it depends on the manager, right? Like, I would like. So, like again, going to the team, Gerard. I think one of the other advantages is that he he has contacts at Liverpool, and Liverpool have some good young talent that needs places to go like um that's one thing i mean i know that they're actually ended up blooding um what you call it uh, uh several of those players this year but i wonder whether there's there's this that's an uh, uh, like i think that they have uh i can't think of the guy's name <laughs> this is completely losing me but yeah they, they have some players that, that might be possible i i feel like the defense um uh I don't it's we need place players with pace as part of the thing that's the big thing that we lack in our defense like Clark as the and and LaSalle just don't have the pace so you're looking for a set center back with a little bit of pace who who can come in and make a difference I also think like he's not a top team but whether like he's not necessarily uh, but like 
somebody like Mings, could you get Mings in from, from Villa? Like, could you like go to some of these clubs that are a little bit below, right? But they're, they're in an economic situation. They are gonna, they, they'll have a price where they will sell, you know, like that's the other option, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I think your Barkley thing is spot on because I think one of the reasons that Villa is struggling this year is because they don't have someone like Barkley to sit in the middle and kind of do stuff that isn't sexy, maybe doesn't always get the notoriety, but at the end of the day, he's technical, he's fairly strong, he's pretty quick. He could be a good thing. The other guy is like Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I don't think he adds anything for Chelsea, um, only just because I think there are better players that we could play over him because we have an embarrassment of riches currently. But like if those two guys were to come in and given enough time, they could be they could definitely help the whole you know let's yeah. survive. Definitely, um, uh, Loftus-Cheek. I think has really not got any kind of role particularly to play this year, right? Um, and he would be a big, he, he would definitely improve. Most people would improve our mid midfield. <laughs> you guys might be able to care. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder how much our transfer fee would be. It would probably be like a hundred dollars. <laughs> I was watching, I was reading some stuff about Spurs today as I do. And there, there was like seven players who could, who could leave in the January transfer window. And, um, I'm just going to name off some names, and you can either agree with me or not agree with me. Center back, you can get Roden. Yeah. Has pace. Has pace. St strong. Strong like Kind good. of a bonehead, but... That's fine. It's fine. Just need pace. Just need pace. James isn't asking for the complete, uh, complete, complete <laughs> player here. Uh, Harry Winks. <laughs> holding a midfield. Yeah. Holding midfield. It's nice. Homegrown. You can go side to side and back really, really well. Homegrown. Homegrown. Yeah. <laughs> uh Who's the other guy? Jack Clark. He was at Leeds last season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm naming names. Uh, I mean, I feel like they, they, they've been linked, and I like uh, what you call it, uh, Tarkovsky. Can I pronounce his name? Uh, uh, Burnley. He's a strong defender who would. Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. Yeah. Yeah. Tarkovsky would be. Uh, oh, yeah, he'd be good. Lot like, and uh, that actually is one of those ones where, like, I actually could. See it happening pretty because easily. Burnley's yeah. going to get relegated. Is that why? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because because they <laughs> need the money. Like, realistically, yeah. realistically, I think you get to the point in January where Norwich is gone and Burnley are gone, and so really, then you only need to you've got you know it's running away from the bear, and you only have to be you know like faster than one of the teammates. So it's it's not like like that's that that was the so like, I think that's a good a good place to go. I mean like. We, uh, they were linked with, and I feel like it would be an amazing sign by Daniel will happen from Sevilla, Jules Kunde, but like, yeah, like, who's that friend. would be a dream signing for you guys because he's yeah. been linked with Chelsea for a while, and yeah. I don't think he'd be cheap. So I think right off the bat, if you bought him, there would be big questions about financial fair play when you pull out a cool yeah. forty million. But like that, the thing. So they have a hundred and five million to play with. Uh, sorry, hundred. No, it's a little more than that because. They because Mike actually hasn't spent anything. <laughs> they actually have like it builds up as like a credit, like so. Sure, sure. It so, goes over. So, so yeah, so they do have a little bit of um, <laughs> wiggle room with that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of loan signings as well. Like I was going to say, there. I'm thinking loans. I'm thinking for the. I definitely would like like Martial is like a player who I think it all depends. He's one of those players who, like, I think if he got 
the confidence and got in the side and was really loved. I think he would really he could do a good job as well. Like taking some of the 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 um right now if Wilson isn't playing we don't really have anything else and Wilson gets injured a lot so having some competition would be really great uh, up front but it's um, and they need to they're going to need to get somebody off their payroll Manchester United like because they, they they have way too many players I mean it all depends on who's their manager come that time oh, yeah maybe it would be Steve Bruce uh, <laughs> I think uh, I have two ideas for you number one there's a savior his name is Jesse Lingard just an idea. The other one, since you have 105 M's sitting around, maybe you go ahead and you buy Grealish Soft City because he's fairly useless for them. Just an idea. I think they might go for it. They made five million, sold some teas. <laughs> Just an out of the box idea. But anyway, if it's cool, let's look at the uh, upcoming week, and we can even start with the New Callis. New Callis. Good God. Newcastle. Newcastle, Crystal Palace. See what I did there? New Palace. New Palace. New Palace. We'll start with the New Palace game. The Newcastle Crystal Palace game. What are you thinking about this one? Because honestly, Crystal Palace are playing some footy, uh, and I'm impressed. And it's at Selhurst, aka AFC Richmond. So, yeah. are you gonna was... win that one, or what's the deal there? I, I mean, seeing a lot no. of confidence. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's my short answer. I watched them against against uh, London's worst place team almost uh on monday right and they were they're good they're good and they have things that can hurt us right they hold the ball i mean we're not position possession based team anyway but like i asked um they've got players with pace <laughs> like i don't know if it like if as all play but as they has pace i mean they've just got too much to hit her yeah the exact I mean, right areas to, to her so i i can't see us get if we got a point, that would be a really good point. Is the way I look at it. Uh, yeah. I mean, That's... that player that the Palace picked up, Edward. He's a player. Yeah. He's, he's a good a signing. Baller. Really good signing. Um, who's that guy? The blonde-haired kid, Chelsea guy. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, the pretty boy. Yep. Sunshine. Mm. Mm. Looking it up, <laughs> boss. Uh, they got some players. They, they they're pretty good. Connor Gallagher. Connor Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. They got, uh, they, yeah. They got uh, Vieira. Yeah, manager. I mean, they look good against Arsenal, and they won that game. They were they, at the Emirates. That was just, that was. And Zaha didn't even play. No yeah. Zaha, no goals. And I was very impressed. Now I can't tell whether that's Crystal Palace is good and Arsenal is just kind of like mediocre shit. But anyway, neither here nor there. I think that unfortunately you guys lose that game, and I'm sorry to have you on to tell you that. No, <laughs> um, I agree. <laughs> the next game I want to look at is Aston Villa Arsenal. It's a Friday. It's, it's Friday. a Friday kickoff at 3 p.m., which I think would be fun. You know, we're going to eventually get over to the uh, the Colonial Father country, and that would be fun to do a Friday Friday, Friday game. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night, Friday Night Lights. Maybe we'll dress like uh, Led yeah. Tasso. So <laughs> what do you think in that uh, Arsenal-Aston Villa game? It's at the Emirates. Villa Aston Villa really need a, need, need a W here. Villa are a weird team because they play some good football, like, and then they'll – and then, like on Saturday, they just like absolutely blew. Like they blew. I couldn't believe. I, I believe they blew that lead. Arsenal aren't very good, <laughs> and I don't really. I could see it being. I definitely. I think it'll be a score draw, two two. That's what I'm going for. That'd be a good game, then, Jeff. You agree on that? I, I agree. Yeah, two two is what I was going to say. I agree. Is... This is two teams. This is the twelfth and thirteenth place team. 
And yep. Oh my god, yeah. And I don't see them jumping too many places in the table. When you say win. that, you mean both teams. Both so they're teams. just going to tie. They're just going to tie and just kind of languish <laughs> in the middle of the table. I love you. Love to see it. Uh, yep. The next game is Chelsea beating Norwich. By how many goals will this be, James? Six. Jeez. No, no, no. I think you're honest, but here's the thing. Okay. I want to see if I can find a betting and just put five dollars down on six nothing because it will be like one in thirty of it happening. Because last week Jeff said that Spurs would beat who are you who are y'all gonna beat? Crystal Palace. Newcastle. Yeah. Oh, you beat he said Crystal Palace are gonna be Spurs. Sorry, yeah. he said Spurs are gonna be Newcastle and he said three to two. And that was ridiculous. And they beat them three to two. And it, if we had put money on that, it, it was nice. ridiculous because of the own goal. The dire own goal. It was ridiculous. And also that you didn't goal. score more. <laughs> that's true and, uh, both things are ridiculous so i feel like if you could find a line if you're a better and you're listening to this go six nothing chelsea norwich because i don't actually think it's unreasonable norwich chelsea are, could chelsea could lay it on every time norwich come up they just get hammered by all the big teams like it feels like like they've already been hammered by liverpool right. when they go away to that type of team that i might be wrong but like i can see chelsea just putting the hurt on I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's Stanford Bridge. I mean, it's at Stanford Bridge. No and Lukaku hasn't scored because he can't score against big teams, so he's really looking for these games to pad his stats. Uh, <laughs> next team, next game is Watford Everton. I've got Everton here. Watford are. I'm trying to. Watford are wonderful. Watford, they're horrible. Uh, I think that they're going to be in the relegation battle, and I like Everton. I just I think that they're a good team. Jeff, do you not? Okay, your face is telling me a different story. You like Everton? I've always liked Everton. I think they're kind of yeah. at home. They're so brutal. To I like beat, Everton dude. when they don't when Richarlison's not playing. Richarlison less Everton. Yeah, I like Richarlison less Everton. I like them more when DCL is playing, but he's been hurt. Uh, I think they got some like interesting things going on, but they don't have a forward right now. Interesting they, thing. They Rondon, do have a lot of injuries. Yeah. Yeah, Rondon isn't a good forward. He doesn't do a lot. They, you know, they got some. They got some things. I mean, Hamas is gone. Yeah, Hamas is gone. I, Cancer on the team. Good God, man! Who do you got, Jeff? I, I think Everton will win this game. They're better. They're yeah. better than Watford. They're sure. better than Watford. Yeah, that's it. I'm that, gonna say that. That's all we're saying. Two's better than no, Watford. No, two nothing. I got two nothing, James. Yeah. I, I like. I mean, obviously, our former manager Rafa. He's everyone's former manager. Yeah, but like he. I mean, with us. That's another reason why I don't th- where I think the Bruce thing falls down is that like he he can organize a defense. It's the one thing he can do. But like with this type of game against Watford, I it that I could see what like Watford aren't good, but Everton aren't good at attacking either. So it's gonna be a really boring one nil Everton win, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And they'll take it and celebrate accordingly. <laughs> well, they did lose to West Ham last week. Dude, West Ham beats everyone every once in a while. Yeah, they but like it was at the end of the game. game. It was pretty pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Yep. Next game is Southampton Burnley, and I will call this the prime candidate for the mini back game of the week because this is going to be a gouge your eyes out. Make sure to turn your TVs off when this is on, people. I'm gonna go with zero zero. Yeah, let's just not even talk about it. One missed penalty for Southampton. It's gonna be that's tough. my that's my I'm still I'm still riding the Southampton getting relegated train. I don't think uh, it's unreasonable. They'll be in the mix, but I think there's just too many bad. There's enough bad teams. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's enough sludge below them that yeah. <laughs> they won't have to. I'm going. I'm going zero zero and a missed penalty to boot. <laughs> so we got next game, Leeds Wolves. Yep. This is at Ellen Ellen Road. So 
Wolves obviously had that ridiculous comeback, and if you have not seen the Wolves Aston Villa game, you need to just go fire up YouTube and watch that because it's it's unreal. Wolves are doing better. Currently, much better. Leeds is a team that we've talked about recently because they're kind of surprising us because last season they started kind of the way Brighton Hove have started this season, just on the front foot, attacking, getting out, getting points where maybe you're surprised that they pick up the points that they're picking up. Leeds really need this, and they're at home. I'm thinking they win one nothing. James, what do you think? Well, I mean, the thing with the Bielsa thing, right, is always there's a point where people just get tired of it, right? If you look at Bielsa's career, in the past, that's the stereotype anyway. And this was the their last game was the first time I, I was reading somewhere that they ran less than the opposition, which is inter an interesting stat. You know, Robert Plant's going to be a happy man on Saturday. He's a big Wolves fan. I'm thinking Wolves are going to win two one. Jeff, you you agree with him, right? Wolves, uh, yeah, I would say that Wolves are putting things together a little better. Putting things together. Your analysis tonight is it's, uh, stellar. <laughs> they're uh, they're doing things at Everton. They're just doing things. They're do <laughs> they're making it happen. No, I <laughs> Leeds Leeds are having Leeds are having a tough time. Feel I for them. I Feel agree, them. and I didn't know that stat, James. That's fascinating. That for the first time in many times they've run less because Leeds has always been just like a high school track team that we call soccer teams in the United States where there's just a bunch of athletes that just run you into the ground, knock it long, and eventually getting behind you long enough they're going to score a goal or two because they have one skiller in the nine. And that's kind of how I feel about Leeds. And Leeds without Bamford, if you look like at the stats, is rough. So I'm not sure if he's going to play or not, but whenever you have one team that relies on one player, <coughs> United, Ronaldo, they're basically shit. They just don't know it yet. So I'm being optimistic, but I'm going to look more into that stat because I it's interesting to see maybe Bielsa's passes due date. The next game is Brighton Hove Albion and Manchester City. So Brighton Hove Albion have been overachieving potentially, or maybe they're not. Maybe I don't know. Up until been. this past week, they have been. They have been. They're sitting they're right now Norwich. two points behind City with 15 points after eight games, which I think is fairly impressive. So. I don't really know. Is this at the Amex? I'm checking. This yeah, is man. at the Amex. James, what do you got? Firstly, I, I, I didn't say this in the previous thing. He wouldn't leave right now, but I'd take Graham Potter, even though they like he's he's going to be in the next couple of years. He's going to get a big job. He's done a, a ridiculously good job there. It could go one or two ways. In my If Cities can score early, it's one of those ones where if Cities score early, I think they win, they win com a comfortable 3-0. But like, if Brighton can impose themselves the, the first 20 minutes, then they then I feel like it will be a close game. So I'm going to hope, I'm going to say what I hope happens. I hope it's a 1-1 one, one, uh, interesting tie. I think that Grealish is going to do more harm, more harm than good this game. He's going to try to hold the ball up, not allow for the kind of like free-flowing city attack that can penetrate defenses because I think Bright, uh, Brighton can withstand a little bit of pressure and get organized in the back. Uh, when Grealish does that, and so and they won't be like, and they can definitely win the ball off of Grealish. So uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna say one-one draw, and it's gonna be a hard-fought draw for both sides. The next three games are all potentials for game of the week. Game of the weeks. Uh, they're gonna just be fire. I think the lineups. I think the teams are gonna be playing each other at the perfect amount of time. So the next next game is Brentford Leicester. Leicester just came back off a Tielemans worldy beating United, really putting Ole one more foot closer to an edge. Uh, and Brentford are just fun to watch. They don't really 
they're like leads from last year, except I think they have a lot more talent and an actual like situation. Like they actually have something going forward. Is my is my take. They press Maybe re- I'm wrong. They press though. really well. They press really well, but they they actually like Ivan Tony's annoying. Like I wouldn't want to play him. So I don't really know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a pass on this one and throw it to James. They are Brentford is going to be at home. What are you thinking, James? Well, did you? So, I mean, they gave you guys a tough last twenty minutes. Oh, they, they should have beat us. They should have yeah. beat us. And it was like I follow Chelsea on Instagram, and they just kept putting all these things up of like all these diving saves of Mendy. I'm like, don't share this shit. Like that just shows that our defense is shit. Our second defense is Swiss cheese. Like, don't show this. And they could be like, Mendy's a god. I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of whack. Whoever's running the Instagram clearly maybe doesn't know much about soccer. But they should have beat us. Is my or or at least tied. Yeah, definitely. I. I think less is good is has good they're suited to to, to play it though because they play so quick on the break so I'm thinking that they might just just nick it two one I'm saying less two one I actually agree with that Jeff you agree yeah I guess the only thing that Brentford have going for them when they're playing at home uh, they play well at home uh, but twelve men yeah twelve men uh, I think Madison's back now at Leicester. Or at least he's getting he's getting time. It'll be interesting to see the lineup that goes out and plays on. I think they're playing a Europa League game on Thursday. That's why they're playing Sunday. Uh, so there's gonna be some player net management on that aspect. Uh, so we'll see what the if it's the strongest squad, lesser squad out there against Brentford. I think they have to. If they were looking at this on paper at the start of the season, they probably wouldn't. They probably would play their strongest squad Europa and then you know rest a few guys for the Brentford game, but now that people teams have to respect Brentford. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think, but I still think that Leicester have a lot of quality and depth. And so they, they'll be, yeah, two ones, a fair, a fair result. The next game is between two teams in London that are okay. Jeff, what do you got for this one? There's a team called Tottenham Hotspur and another team called the West Ham hammers. Well, and it is going to be played at the London Stadium. Good luck with Thomas Suchek. Yeah, I um and Declan Rice. And Antonio. And Antonio. And Benarama. <laughs> and all the and all those guys. And if you lose this game, do they hop you? Because I'm sure that they're probably close to you yes. in the tip. Oh yes, you yes, yes. I think I think a good result for Spurs would obviously be a win. Obviously that's a great result. But I realistically it's probably a two two draw. James, you agree with that? 2-2? Two, two? I mean, doesn't Nuno go in streaks, right? It was three wins, then it was three losses. Now it's two wins, right? So Three wins? <laughs> I think they're going to... I think the real problem was with the, the f- lineups that he chose and the formations he chose for those three losses. Uh, he's never. He's not going to put out a 4-3-3 again. There's no chance in hell. Uh, we know the lineup. Like It's not even a question unless there's an injury uh, this week. But we know what players are going to play, and those players are are good enough to beat West Ham. But they are still, I mean, obviously susceptible for goals and Dyer having a brain fart, and they're not great at set pieces. So two two draw two two. But I the reason why I'm not looking forward to it, not necessarily watching Spurs, you know, potentially lose, but all but list, having to listen to the announcers talk about Spurs about West Ham coming back. In like the last ten minutes of that game last season, oh, you're not going to get Lanzini, Lanzini, worldy like to tie, oh, a tie yeah. or whatever. I just, I'm not looking forward to hearing about that. <laughs> so, moving forward for yeah. the next game, let me say this: 
But yeah. you agree with me, Jarrett? Two two might be fair. Two two's fair. Two two. It's fair. gonna be a far, It's gonna be a crazy game. It's gonna be my. I'm the game I'm most looking forward to. For the next game, however, if West Ham win, they jump United. If Everton win, they jump United. And if Brentford win, they jump United. If United were to lose this week and other things happening, they could go from sixth all the way to ninth. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is very close to the edge. He's like playing squid game and he's still moving in red light, green light. It's not a good look. I really think that this United-Liverpool game is going to be a big thing because Liverpool is on fuego. They lit it up today in the Champions League, scoring goals. Mo Salah, pound for pound, probably the best player on the planet right now, is scoring at will. Worldies back-to-back weeks. He's going to make Maguire cry, and I hope they don't play Wampa Saka because he's the biggest hack on the planet. And I just hope the game is interesting because last year I got super pumped up. It was like the 11.30 a.m. game here. I got up. I came over here, and Jeff and I like fell asleep on the couch or we like did something else. We're like, this game sucks. So, James, do you think this game – okay, let me, let me rephrase this. Can United win at home against this Liverpool team currently? The thing about this United team that I really hate is that they just like the last time I was on here, I was like certain that Ole was going to get fired. Then they fluke a victory and he pulls it out of his ass from somewhere. And so one of his like ridiculous talents does something, saves his ass, and then he lumbers on for a little bit and they do well. And then like the fundamental, they're fundamentally a bad team, right? Fundamentally, he doesn't coach them. He's still in this job. And I like and it's, yet they it's, made it to the Europa final. He seemed to be surprised in that game that the like the the uh we played for, for a um for penalties, which we all knew was gonna happen the whole time, right? The whole thing. So I think that my head says Salah scores a great goal, it's two 0 <laughs> Liverpool. This is what I keep saying is going to happen, and then Ole pulls it out. And they win one nil, and Ronaldo scores in the last minute, and he saves his job for another week. That's so. What am I going to go with my head or my heart? I'm going to go with my head and say that they win two nil, uh, Liverpool. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think? Liverpool are just in a fine run of form. They're going to take this Champions League victory and smack down United three nothing. But I also, but I want to com- I, I want to comment on Ole because I think. He's just treading water right now, and he's there. There has to be a point where they where they where they lose to a, another top six team. They obviously, you know, are, are underperforming. There's way too much talent to be on that field to be this disorganized to have to be this miscoached, right? Some of the things I've said this week: one, if their Champions League game goes poorly, and then I don't think we'll be sacked from the Champions League game, but because it's just a group stage, but. If the Champions League game goes poorly, and Liverpool go poor, Liverpool goes poorly. There's a good chance that he, this could be it. But I do agree with you. Every time we say that, they go on like a winning streak of like a bazillion games, and suddenly they're the best team in the league. But the big thing with with Ole, and I think a lot of people have have realized, is that he's afraid of Cristiano Ronaldo. He is literally afraid of him. He won't. He's like afraid to take him out of the game. He's afraid to to not start him. And even when it's like, even when it's clearly not working with Ronaldo up front, he will not take him out. So my th- whole thing with with United is that Ronaldo was a terrible choice for them to make with the amount of talent they have in that field. It ruined the whole thing that they had going on. You know, developing younger players up front and like linking the midfield with the with the four. It just doesn't work with Ronaldo. He's not that type of player. He doesn't. The, the biggest stat that I saw this week with Ronaldo 
He has of of attacking players in the league. He has the least number of presses in 90 minutes. Like the least number, worse than Lukaku. Worse than Lukaku. Worse than Lukaku. Lukaku doesn't move. He has like one press per game. Are you serious? Yes, he's averaging like one. How does one, he have abs like one that? And a half, one and a half dude, presses Dude, is he roided? You know what it is? Dude, he's afraid of getting hurt. That, he doesn't run. He just kind of trots around and then. How is he yeah. so ripped? He lifts. He's in the weight room. What is he lifting? That's that's the deal with Ronaldo. Okay, that's, so, so that was a, a long a, soliloquy. What do you think <laughs> happens in the game? Three nothing. I already told you. I okay, said three nothing, I said three nothing, nothing three Liverpool. Nothing. I I'm gonna go one better. I think it's gonna be four nothing. Ooh. Just to throw something on top. United are really flat right now. They have this situation with Ronaldo, who I don't think he was a bad choice for them. I just don't think always using him the best. And I think we have a real world case study in the last twelve months where Chelsea had all this talent and Frank couldn't steer the ship. Tuchel comes in and we were honestly like untouchable. <laughs> So I just think a different coach maybe takes this amount of talent, reconfigures it, and pushes it in a different direction, and it's off and running. That's my take on it. But for this current game on Sunday, I don't think it's going to be a gouger eyes out. I think Liverpool are going to put the show on, and I don't see I don't see how Ole isn't sacked. But like you said, James, last time you were on, we were like, oh, he's definitely sacked. He's definitely sacked. Lampard wasn't even in the conversation. Chelsea was playing well. Lampard was no like Lampard was the first to go right. He went before Ole and Arteta, and at that time we were like, "Oh, Ole and Arteta are gone." So normally, when we hate on somebody in the pod, they end up doing really well. So and to be fair, Liverpool did not look invincible today when they played against uh, Athletic. Yeah. Oh no, they didn't look invincible, but they looked like they can score goals. They can score goals. Their defense is borderline. United have three points out of two games. If they were to lose in the Champions League tomorrow to Atalanta. Which is possible because of Atlanta, yeah. Which is super possible. And then they lose on Sunday. I do not think Ole has a job Monday by 5 p.m. That's my take. Because then they're basically lining up for the Europa League at that point. Uh, or they're you know, or they're going to finish second, which is the same thing because you're going to get bounced out because they're going to play some big boy. They're going to play Bayern or, or, or... Yeah, but you don't go down to Europa if you, go, if you get bounced out after the, the group. No, match. that's what I'm saying. But yeah. I'm saying either way, they're setting themselves up for failure in a in a group that I think that they should win on paper. So they should be paper finishers of top toppers of that group. But anyways, that's the week. It's exciting. A lot to happen. I wonder who's going to get fired first, Bruce or Ole. That's my last question, James. That's a good one. I think it's going to be Bruce. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's Bruce. I'm getting to the point where, you know, we, we we might be here like in five years when you have me back on to talk about Newcastle or, or seven years Newcastle's first title, you know, and, yeah, and, New, and Newcastle's first and, treble, and and we'll still be saying, and when is Ole going to get fired? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's one of the situations where they just don't they they're they're trying to line somebody up right away, so they can't. Uh, so they're just waiting. They're and waiting, then they're and then switch. they're like in the behind, you know. But maybe not. Well, I think- and that's what's happening with Bruce. But yeah, with Ole, like, I think the problem is with Man United is that the Glazers don't care that much about winning. As long as the money's coming in, they don't really care. Like, the Ronaldo deal is about selling sh- selling shirts and, 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 and about their merchandise. That's what that, that deal is clearly about. They didn't want C- City to get it because 
you know, and it was about seeing or getting in it and it was about getting the shirts. There's no real great soccer reason to do it. And same thing with Ole. When they don't qualify, when it really looks like they aren't going to qualify for the Champions League, for, for that's when they'll pull the plug because it's all about the, the money. That's all that matters at the, the end of it, you know? Yeah. Agree. Money talks. That's it. So we're it's a full circle. Well, we started with money. We started with Arab money, and now we're back to Fenway Group money. No, not Fenway Group. Excuse me, Glazer money. Glazer. Similar, American money. Uh, that U.S. greenback money. Yep. Well, James, thanks for joining again. Thanks. And we'll see you in seven years for the Newcastle treble, and Ole will still be coach. Thank you. Thanks, James. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned or email us directly at boysandbolos at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.